what is it like getting coffee in from all over the world and getting your staff and team excited to make it taste good and explain it to everyone that comes in? It's definitely a part of the dream to get to carry so many roasters and it's really, really fun. We definitely have like more stock on the shelves than I think we probably should right after the new year. Everyone got back to roasting around the same time and then I had like like six roasters full orders come in on the same day. I was like, what are we going to do here? Like... Hey there, and welcome to the Valor Coffee Podcast. Today was an awesome episode with one of our favorite coffee pros and longtime friends, JP McKenzie of Meadowlark Coffee and Atlanta Coffee fame. JP was the first barista to ever be nice to me when we were first starting Valor, and it inspired me, and he continues to inspire me to this day. We hit a lot of juicy topics, like what we think about Starbucks. Just kind of organically went there, but that was a good conversation. People who are starting coffee companies, you know, what what are they made of? What stage of life do they need to be in in order to be successful? JP offers a lot of really good insight from his experience, which I just feel like is the most valuable insight you can give. And he has a lot of experience. So it was a wealth of good times, knowledge, fun, laughter, and coffee. Just want to put this in here. Uh, we are doing a giveaway for a fellow Opus grinder. And the way it works is we're trying to compile a bunch of questions that people like you might want to ask other other people in the coffee industry. Our podcast is specifically geared towards people in the industry, leaders in the coffee industry. And so if you're a leader in the coffee industry and you have something that you are curious about, you'd like to ask other people, please send us an email at info at valor.coffee with those questions and you will get two entries into the giveaway. Once we compile all these questions, we'll put them into a survey and send them out to a bunch of people. And if you answer those questions, you get entered into the giveaway one time. So we're still in the phase of gathering questions. So if there's anything that you'd like to throw into the hat and get entered into a giveaway for a fellow Opus two times, send an email to info at valor.coffee with those questions. And we'd love to hear from you. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel. It really helps us get better standing in the old algorithm in the SEO, if you will. So please do that. Like the videos, like the podcast, review us on your podcast platform of choice. And without further ado, let's get to the program. Peter Kluth knows what he's doing. Long-time listener of the program. Going to open this podcast with a shout-out to Peter Kluth. Peter! For this Thanks, copy. Peter. PK. Noeo. Yeah, I noticed that we also had the shirt. Yes, he sent a shirt. I donned it. Yes. I, ne- I, I sh- donned it. I shall now turn around. There's sort of an open invite for anyone that sends a shirt to our podcast. Ethan will wear it. Ethan will wear it. Duly noted. It's a what do we any got on obscenity. A huh? Size? Oh, I'm, I'm flexible. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Extra small, <laughs> small, <laughs> medium. We like medium. close in the back of it. <laughs> they all look good. Yeah. We have our tailor on set. Yeah. Make it, just make it happen. So, uh, but medium to large. Yeah. So if we're being honest. So where's Peter out of? Peter, Colorado. I mean, the back says Colorado. Colorado. Got a yeah, room. Greeley. Y'all heard of Greeley? Greeley. I've heard of Greeley. Okay. Well, thanks, Peter. I I uh, I will get into this later, but I dig the purple. Mm-hmm. You don't see purple very True. often, especially this purple. Especially nice. that purple, yeah. JP. Yeah. And uh, speaking of JP, welcome. We've got thank JP you. McKenzie on thank the program. You. Let's give it thank up. Thank you. Thank you. A new segment we call Repeat Offenders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, your new welcome nickname back. is Double Dip. Double right. Dip. Double yeah. Dip. Double Dip. Can I say Double Jip instead? Double. Oh. Double Jip. Tell me out. Okay. We don't have to, but hey. Maybe am I am I taking down all this? Do you want any of this? 
I might dabble. Just dip but you have as much as you want. Have some spoon. Those are for y'all guys, and these are for us, us guys. guys. Us guys. Yeah. Do you already guys. have some of this? I, yeah, I, had, I think I had all of that. Hey, unless you okay. had any. Yeah. It's like I showing. There's like barely any on the bottom. Would it be untoward to start since we're downing the uh, stuff here? It would be untoward. All right, mm-hmm. all right. Respect the program. Respect you the program. Gotta respect the program. Things have changed since you were here. Last. Things have changed big time. We've mm-hmm. moved Structure. rooms twice. That's the, okay, so I, I missed the middle room. Didn't get invited to that one. Ooh. Only, well, uh, it wasn't guest friendly. It really okay. wasn't. It wasn't. I think we had Karen. Yeah, but we X'd Riley for that one. Yeah. So wow. you, you couldn't have all three of us and a guest. Okay. But we have plenty of room in here. Yeah, so. but, but Care Bear, she can fit in a room. Come on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she commands any room. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So. so where was the where was the middle one? The gym. In the gym. The gym. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Did it get loud ever? What do you mean? Well, we had. Well, we had I noticed these... X Ambassadors playing in there pretty loud when I was lifting before. <laughs> <laughs> we get really loud, actually. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> yeah. We just uh, busted out some bench presses in there before you got here. The results so. speak for themselves. Um, yeah. It's it actually an extra large. It's just the muscle filling it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, have we talked about the gym on the program yet? Mm, maybe. I think in when passing? when Block was packaging, we were like, mm. this guy. Okay. He's making a gym. Well, maybe HQ. Maybe Riley. I'm sorry to cut you off, little guy. Um, uh, Nobody gets me. Maybe Riley will put a picture in the in the edit, right, bud? Um, maybe. But uh, our just green screen it. Our good friend Blake, who works here, was like, "Can we put a gym in the in the room? Because that we've never really had like a real use for that room. It was our office. Yeah. Right. Um, but we're just out in the field, man. Yeah. We're out in the field. We don't need an office. No. Yeah. That's a cage. Baby. I call it a cage. I don't call it an office. <laughs> yeah. 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 But anyways, we're excited to have a have a squat rack, bench, pull up bar, incline. Yeah. Yeah. Pull up dumbbells, foam if roller. Wants to, if anyone wants a <laughs> foam roller, <laughs> can I bring up a topic? Yeah. Can we finish talking about the gym? Was it different than the gym, or is it still on the gym? It's, it's, it's foam rollers. It's a it's a change of. of All topic. right. So. Have you guys heard anything about this WBC latte art competition espresso machine hoopla? Thermoplan. Yeah. I have not heard of it. You guys are in the know. Wait, y'all really haven't? No, JP. Well, okay, okay, hold well, on. Let's... Hold on one second. How, and this is, this sounds defensive. How would we know? Like, where does that come from? Instagram. Okay, well, there you go. That explains it. I'm off grid, guys. Happy. So, yeah. Thermoplan, they make Starbucks espresso machines. Does Starbucks own them? You know that? I'm nearly positive that they own Thermoplan. Yeah. So, the way it works, as far as I know, with these competitions is that companies bid on the ability to showcase their machine, and they won the bid this year for the World Latte Art Championship. So, the World Latte Art Championship will be using a super automatic that steams milk for you. And gives you steamed milk? Gives you steamed milk to pour with. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, I'm hot and cold on that at the same time. Yeah, I've gone back and forth on it uh, as well. I need to pray about this. Go hey. go get in the closet. <laughs> get my war room. <laughs> I guess I'm hot on it because it's more of a showcase on the latte art itself. But... It, that's also the reason I'm cold on it because if you can't steam really really good milk, you can't pour really good latte art. Yeah. Like why would, how would right. you get to that stage in the first place? You know, 
if you couldn't steam milk. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure I, I could be wrong, but I would imagine that these um, artists would have a very <laughs> particular way of steaming the milk. You know, like maybe they like it super particular, like mm. really, really glossy. Do y'all know what the score, like what all you're evaluated on when you are performing on the stage? Okay. I'm just wondering, you know, like all of the things that go into that final product, is it is it milk waste? Is Does any of that change mm-hmm. when you have the right amount of textured milk given to you as opposed to going through, you know, say a gallon, how, however much to practice with on the machine when you arrive at the world stage? Right. Does that change anything? Here's another question. These people that make it to that level, are they even baristas? I mean, like, are they on bar? Like five? baristas? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because, like, I, I would venture to say, like, more than you would think don't work on, behind the bar all the time. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. Yeah. But if, like like you said, like, what are they being evaluated on? If they were being evaluated on their skill as a barista, waste, right. milk quality, all of the above, contrast, whatever all the, the things are. But if it's just the latte art, then, like, sure, just give them a give them all the same product. And that's assuming that this machine can give the same product every time. Yeah. Which I, I hope it can. This is giving like um, when everyone was upset that Qatar got the bid for <laughs> the World Cup. It is giving that in a bit of a different way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I There's an uproar about it for sure. Everyone's talking about it. I'll boycott. I won't go. I won't you know, compete. Yeah. They, yeah. I'm not going to compete this year. That's they a big move. disabled the comments on the Instagram post where they yeah. announced it. Like They went that direction. And so it's kind of like a you're digging your own grave. Clearly people are disgruntled, so it's like maybe you should do something about it. Yeah. And that yeah. would have started with just having the criteria set beforehand to where. Because you know, maybe they say, like, we can't help it. We have to be fair. They had the highest bid, but like, why was why would that category of machine be able to be included in the first place? Yeah. Anyways, yeah. the highest bid, as in like they presented and the committee who decides chose them. More yeah, or less? it's like it's like a sponsorship essentially, because it's like their machine is on this stage. So it's like, what else is a part of that deal? Yeah, money. Yeah. yeah. Power. And money's always bad. I'm so I'm so tired of this weak play to hate on Starbucks all the time. Can can people just stop hating so much about Starbucks? Because I feel like that is such a big one of the reasons why people are probably hating on this is like that machine is affiliated or owned or backed by Starbucks. Right. I'm like they're trying to run their business. They paved the way for shops like me and you and yeah. us. Like. We, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for them. The coffee culture in, in America certainly would not be what it is if Starbucks had not paved the way Yeah, to be a part of our like mm. everyday stop. Whether I appreciate anything about the company is a completely different subject, but yeah. they certainly have made coffee culture in America what it is. Yeah, I think I don't care about the Starbucks side. I care yeah. more about the... The taking the steaming milk out of the, a, a latte art competition, which yeah. is kind of hilarious. I think people yeah. would argue with you and say their beef with Starbucks is more along the lines of equitable farm pricing because of their averages that they pay. But sure, yeah, 
Um, and you would agree. I would agree, of that course. That you don't like that as well. Yeah, because I want the coffee industry to keep going. Yeah. yeah. And like sustainability is the key to that. Obviously. And if anyone has the pockets to do it, it would be them at, at like at mm. any level of their releases mm-hmm. to be pushed to be some kind of equitability for or sustainability for any of the farmers. But I, th- I think for, for me, there's a little bit of disillusion in some of these. This will maybe be my last statement because I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, it like, like we have this, this kind of idyllic view of like, like if we went to world to poor, like, like what that would mean and all the, all these things, but like the commercialism side of things when it comes to something like, like this, like complete juggernaut coming in with thermoplant and like landing it on and being like, here's milk steamed. Like, mm-hmm. and that's just how it is. I think it somewhat pulls back the facade of like, oh dang, maybe this was like not altruistic to begin with. Not that all world championships are, but it, I feel like that there's a bit of disillusionment when I read that, that I was like, oh dang, this is kind of like significantly different, different than I expected it to be. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you bringing up that if anyone could afford to change pace, it would be a company like Starbucks makes me think about how we've ended up where we are. I'm going to tread lightly here. Where obviously Starbucks is a public company and a lot of times their earnings are made public. So that creates a situation where a lot of people are saying, how are they only paying people this amount of money from farm to barista? And the reason that their earnings are what they are is because they don't shell out the money that they could. Like you just said, like they could raise their prices. But then that translates to our side of the market where our margins are razor thin and like we aren't on this get rich quick (laughs) scheme by any means. And so you have, but then you still have because of what people see as the only public earnings available the like they're like oh like they're making this so like how are you guys only starting your baristas that blank wage Mm. and you know where with smaller companies it's like that's that's what we've got (laughs) you know it's like we're we're uh hitting zero on the bottom line anyways so very insightful very insightful do we know what starbucks baristas start at they don't get tipped i'm pretty sure um, I think you get like, I think it's anywhere from like 10 to 14, but usually like that's what you mm. get. I don't know why they don't have tips though. Maybe it's just the system around. I'm nearly positive they do. Oh. I'm, I'm pretty sure they do. I don't think that it's much, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they get tips. Oh yeah. I'm Oops. just asking questions here. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and look. also, <laughs> does anyone know what they buy their coffee for? And who the farmers are? Well, it's probably just C grade. It's got to like be C grade. Whatever that it is, C grade. No, whatever that like market price is. Yeah. Like how low can you go? Vibes. Yeah. It's just whatever that cap is or floor. So I do have these numbers right here, and these are from Lucas Lee. He made an Instagram post about it that was going around a lot. So thanks, shout Lucas. Out to Lucas on putting this together. Uh, he says. The data reveals a troubling scenario. Starbucks' average annual purchase prices for green coffee beans were $2.56, $1.92, and $1.72 per pound for 2012, 2013, and 2014, respectively. 
In stark contrast, average C market prices were 253, 175, and 126. So they're paying like barely above C. Yeah. Which is like C is mm-hmm. commodity. Yeah. yeah. So that's very poor. In comparison, it's like I bet you the Kenya in this coffee was six dollars a pound. You know? Right. So but it's also a lot higher quality. It is a lot higher quality. Oh yeah. For sure. Nonetheless, you know that they're leveraging their scale to drive those prices down, down, down. Yeah, but when you're buying at that volume. Look, look, look. Am I going to get a mango dragon fruit refresher on the way to work every morning? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we can we can talk about this, but look, I'm not going to change my no, ways, guys. Yeah. 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 I got to get my refresher yeah. in the morning. You're setting your ways, Ethan. I am my case. You really, you really are. I guess I'm just trying to be devil's advocate here. Hey. Oh. And I know that's really hard to do while on a hot mic on the internet. Yeah. yeah. With your boys. Dude, have, yeah. Have fun with boys. Starbucks. Devil's avocado. Got to do it. But I'm like, what? Okay, I get C-Market, right? Yeah. I get that. What about bulk pricing? Right. Like, they're buying insane amounts of coffee and... Is the narrative like, well, they should, ethically speaking, and sustainability speaking, like sustainability-wise, be paying C-market? Or should they be bringing in coffees? Like, what's the problem here? Well, I, I think... I think I need an expert to, to educate me. So on the, on the commodity level scale, like, like every single thing has a, a C-level price, timber, fuel, oil, any of it. So I think that when you when you have someone of that size paying less, then it recalibrates what sea level Everyone is, else. right? Mm-hmm. Like that that sets the standard, and then that mm-hmm. in turn would change. So that's my problem with it mm-hmm. is is when someone like that is setting the standard lower, it changes what everyone gets, and even if it makes it lower for, I guess it would it make it lower for specialty. Well, it's all it calibrated, happen, right? Yeah, it's all calibrated from the seat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there should be some kind of standard there that that keeps it regardless of volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to put a, a, a point. finer point on it, too, with coffee, I believe we'd all be in the agreement in the information we've received that the C market typically does not reflect a, like, livable wage for a farm or a farmer or a co-op right so you're basically just it's not it's not coming out even basically yeah and again i think that's where everything deludes and falls apart in the sense that like you know that there are boots on the ground in these origin countries scouring around for deals rather than you know trying to make relationships like build upon that relationship even like if you have that much of a platform, that much money, like make the coffee quality better, mm-hmm. which it, you know plenty of companies do well. Because at the end of the day, it is a business relationship. Like there are plenty of companies who make themselves the hero in the situation of like the hero, the farmer, and that's just like BS. But yeah. uh, if if you had like that sort of a platform, you could drive quality. You could drive the price up. You could make it better for yourself because you have that relationship. You still would be getting it at a, you know, I'm sure a more than reasonable price at a crazy bulk discount. Because like, don't get me wrong, I want to, I want to order coffee in higher quantities and and make it cheaper. That's what I've been thinking yeah. of. Yeah, like we're you know when you buy a container of coffee, you get it for cheaper. 
yeah. because you are at that place in your business where you can do that. So, but I, I totally, I was, I get your point about like when you're that size, you sort of have a responsibility. You owe it to the rest of the industry and you really owe it to yourself to right. promote a sustainable future. Yeah. Cause if you don't, then you won't have a future. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And I think another good question I asked that I don't know the exact answer to is who creates that C market price? Cause I highly doubt it's like origin specific countries and like farmers and exporters, but it's probably over yeah. here somewhere. Yeah. I think, I think when we come down to it though, and, and like at the end of the day for, for the business, they have so many more people to answer to than like Meadowlark does, you know, than Valor does. There are so many more people with stake in what is happening there. Uh, and not that they would like ever ask for my opinion on any of it, but it's a lot easier for <clears throat> me to be like, well, that doesn't make sense. And it doesn't like this specific point in the pricing or what we pay or whatever. doesn't make sense because I, at the end of the day, I only have one other person to justify it to, you know? Yeah. And I think when, when the compass of your company is money, right. you make different decisions. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, like we, we, uh, I don't know if you've done this recently, but we, uh, we raised our prices at our cafes. What was that? A few months ago, mm-hmm. a couple months ago. And we looked up Starbucks prices. I can't remember if we talked about something on this, on the program yet, no. but they're expensive, bro. Like they are. And I know that like the oat milk they're using, the milk they're using, certainly the coffee they're using is not as good no. as ours no. and they're getting it. So it's a lower quality and they're getting it for like an insane bulk discount. Mm. Yeah. But they are pricing their drinks based off of the C market of drinks, if you will. Right. Like in other words, like what a consumer is willing to pay. Yeah. And that's they're pushing that limit probably as much as they can. Yeah, yeah. I know recently I was on a uh, the WDUN, the local Gainesville radio. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Home Matters okay. Craig Shoemaker. Oh, Thanks for having me. Celebrity. Uh and uh and I th- I think it's it's pretty common like to be asked, you know, how do, how do you relate to Starbucks on like on like quality, price, any of that. And I think that it's always surprising when it's like well, we're we use better quality and we're cheaper. Mm-hmm. But I yep. think that there's this really specific thought process of like you see all the memes of it, you see all the things that's like my wife goes and spends ten dollars at Starbucks every morning, yep. and it's like that's that's just the the thought. So if you if you were to be more expensive than Starbucks, it would be shocking on like any given number of drinks. But you also like we're using higher quality, and you know y'all all know what goes into all of the cogs for mm-hmm. every single item on mm-hmm. a menu, and I think that it shocks me when we look at what our cogs are for uh, cost of goods sold. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, when we look at what our the cogs are, and we break all that down, and you think about when you scale to what Starbucks has, like their location, the overall like what it must take, how frequently they have to get like their grease trap cleaned, you know, any of those things that go into running a shop mm. of that volume, I'm sure it's higher. Is it the price differential of what y'all saw of their drinks versus yours? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be padding too. Yeah. How often do you analyze your numbers? Uh, I actually did, I want to say like six months ago, it was the first 
like item price increase that we ever did, and it was on oat milk. Um, and I was really adamant about not charging for oat milk when we opened, which I'm sure Respect. no one wants to. Respect. Um, what was your thought process, process around that? I just didn't want people to have to like pay for an allergy, you know, where it's like, mm. like milk and dairy is one of the like big five allergens. And it's like, I'm not going to make people pay if they can't have mm. dairy. Yeah. And I'm only offering, cause we only have whole and oat at our cafes at our cafe. Sorry. Um, and, uh, Are and you open another one. Yeah. Yeah. At, at our six locations. Yeah. yeah. We're actually inside of Starbucks. So, yeah. <laughs> inside of Starbucks. <laughs> um, but no, we, uh, I, I, didn't want someone when I was only offering one alternative mm-hmm. to be like, yeah, and you're going to pay more for it. And mm. so we, I finally did like a deep dive into every single item that goes into every single drink and broke that down. And I had to, because we had a, an, an increase in what we were paying for minor figures, I was kind of gaming the system. <laughs> uh, and so I, with the price increase of where we were getting our uh, oat milk from, I looked and it was like, I needed to raise. So we raised it from zero to 75 cents because I didn't want to push a dollar. Yeah. And then when I like <laughs> analyzed all the numbers from there after having increased that cost um, and profit, I was like, I'm really earning like 15 cents more by doing that. So I bumped it back down to 50 cents for oat milk because I was like, it's, I'm also not trying to like profit off of someone's allergy. I just don't want it to be that every single time I sell an oat milk drink, I lose like, you know, 30 cents off of what the rest of my prices are. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that we did to mitigate that was, which is a little nuanced, like tier the upcharge. So, for lattes, it's seventy-five cents, and then anything smaller is fifty cents. Yeah, just because you're using less. Yeah, it's like why, if you're if you're just upcharging for that like cost cover, you can, you know, match it with how much you're using. So, yeah, yeah but um, yeah, that's I, I really appreciate your intentionality. And, yeah, and caring. We're out here trying our best. What what yeah. was y'all's uh your your price increase? I mean, it was kind of like everything went up by a quarter, fifty cents a piece. Yeah, it was yeah. like long overdue. Yeah. I think we yeah. were still we were still doing like four dollar lattes. This was um, like pre-inflation numbers. Yeah, right you know, for sure. Twenty twenty, maybe before that. And to be honest, we're sitting down and we're looking at our numbers and we're like, "What is happening?" You yeah. know, like crazy amount of transactions. And we were like, "What do we do?" And we we're like, "Oh, we can raise our prices." <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so we had to, and we did, and. We're still in line or, you know, pretty much where everyone else is in the industry. Uh, it was just we should have done that earlier. Yeah. Do you, did you all feel any pushback? I think we've had z- zero pushback. Yeah. Um, I think it was a, around the time we were having an all staff because usually it's like, which is a good problem, but our team usually has the most pushback when it comes to like anything that could even smell of like corporate or yeah. business especially that we're not as like behind the bar as much and we have to make these decisions that affect them right. so much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we kind of yeah. just took some time to like, I don't know if it was an all set, but I, I remember talking very like intimately with everybody like, hey, this is happening. This is why. 
Yep. We feel really good about this. Um, let me know if you have any questions. And people did, and we talked about it. But uh, I, I think it changed, and I legit don't think anyone has said one thing. Yeah, we recently got um, custom cups. We talked a little bit about that. Um, I'm very thrilled about the custom cups, but the one thing <laughs> I was not expecting is that the cups I ordered are true to size. The cups mm. we were ordering were all like an ounce and a half, two ounces more. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, which is something that also happened at Brash. But oh. at the time, I didn't like. I didn't think that that was going to be. That was something that happened everywhere. But like our little the solo paper cups that we were hand stamping, were the twelve ounces were fourteen. Yep. And the sixteen ounces were eighteen. Unbelievable. Whoa. Eight ounces were ten ounces. Like like across the board, it was more. And so and when we had when we were rolling out the new cups, I was like, I put in our little slack, like, hey, these cups are now the correct size. Um, what was and that it, moment like of finding that out? Like, how'd it you was find the out? the weirdest thing because I was my milk waste was just like through the roof on yeah. the floors, <laughs> and I was like, "What is happening?" And I thought, like, I thought maybe I grabbed the eight ounce and I I flipped it over, full of coffee, just dumped the coffee out, <laughs> uh, and on the bottom it said twelve ounces, and I was like, "This is the weirdest thing." So we it was uh, it was Christmas Eve, so it was uh, summer. My father in law Reese and myself working, and so we were like picking the scale up. Like like mm. cup to cup, just dumping it back and forth to try to see. But I had a similar thing with my staff where I was like, if anyone has a problem with this, like, like you can be very transparent. Right. Like mm-hmm. these are the right size. Like this is a true twelve ounce, and before the cups were bigger, you know. And mm-hmm. it's like, I think anytime you make a change like that, it, it, even back to the thermoplant thing, where there's this disillusionment in what like this altruistic coffee shop of like. They would never do anything to make money. Like, yeah. uh, I think anytime you can break through that and be transparent and be like, yeah, with this was like, we did not know that our 12 ounces were 14 ounces and now they're actually 12 ounces. And I think sometimes when someone smells something fishy and they bring it to light, it's just so much better to be like, yeah, you're not wrong. And here's what happened and here's why. And especially when it's someone like, like a staff member, a barista, a team member, whatever it is that that can say like that they are the ones who will get 150, 200 tickets a day of serving that to people and yep. the potential to be like, I don't know, called out for it. Sure. It's like here is the like all the equipment you need to diffuse that situation and mm-hmm. like we trust you to handle it mm-hmm. um, is is always a big thing. But I think, you know, you they are the ones oftentimes who are going to be the ones handling right those conversations how was working on christmas eve it's fun it's it's funny because we when we were living in atlanta when summer and i were in atlanta those were always like we would go and visit a shop that we were excited about and it would be like us in there you know just like having a a little intimate moment before you're going to like big parties and stuff and it's always really fun like the the portion of the dream was to give someone like give people a place to go mm-hmm. um yeah. before any of that and it's it's funny because we get like we shorten our hours just so we're like we're there but we're not giving up our entire christmas eve totally. um but we get to see a lot of friends that we like are coming back in town for the holidays or whatever they get to like come out and spend some time but we have also found that by bottlenecking our hours it's not like 
we're serving any less. We're just doing it in a shorter amount of time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so there are definitely times where <laughs> I would like look up at the line of drinks and be like, I'm never getting out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this is it. I, I will be at this espresso machine till I die. Um, <laughs> I got to swing by on Thanksgiving. Yeah. You guys were also open on Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. And that was awesome. That was the highlight of my day. Thank you. And wow. being with my family. Yes. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, whatever. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Yeah, yeah Christmas I appreciate Eve. you coming by. Christmas Eve was a movie over at our yeah. spot. Yeah. It was like, because it was busier or as busy as like some of our busiest weekend days, yeah. but just like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's it's funny because we like all the reasons I love being open, like, like being a place for people to go. Mm-hmm. It's also like a couple of people who are regulars who are coming in there were like, like, yeah, I think I waited like maybe. 10 minutes longer than I normally do here. But he was like, it was also like a room full of people I love. So like, Whoa. it didn't feel like that. And that's entirely like why we wanted to build the cafe, why we opened it was to steward a place for that to happen. And to get to hear that feedback was like, okay, maybe it wasn't all that bad, you know? Yeah. Mm. Would you ever open on Christmas day? No, I think, I think <laughs> Christmas day. Far. Yeah. That's too far, man. <laughs> You know, just for Waffle House. Yeah, because so much happens like that first thing in the morning when you go down and see whether uh, or not Santa ate those cookies. Right, Come on. Yeah. you got to find out. Got to find out. I feel like you would be kind of slow on Christmas Day. Yeah, especially in the morning. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. And there's, you know, it's one of those things where, again, when we come back to what we have to justify our income on, it's like there's always that that give in return mm-hmm. where it's like, would it, like, yeah, we could probably make some money on christmas day at some point in those hours but what are we giving up and that christmas morning i'm not quite willing to give up right understandably we gave no preface to this whatsoever last time you were on our show you were still a cart yeah still a cart now you have stepped into a cafe in gainesville georgia and it's amazing Thank you. How many Thank square you. feet is your cafe? 437, baby. 437. No more and definitely no less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I know we all, Nathan, I know you've only been there once. Yeah. Was it just one time? But it stands at, well, you came to our cart yeah. and you've come to the shop. Okay. And you brought me a blue PNG ah. and Valor mugs. Oh, cute. Blue box PNG. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think that was the first time I met old old, uh, old Temple. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was yeah. fresh. He was fresh. He was only a couple months old. Yes. Old Tempe. Come on, Tempe. So, obviously, you had the advantage of having a cart there first to kind of, you know, see what was up with Gainesville. Test the waters. Yeah. What has it been like since? Considering you are, what I would call the first third wave coffee shop there it's been really fun uh, i i love every single second of it i think i think we were still even given the like the cart uh preface of us being in gainesville we're a little intimidated by like what it would be like opening a third wave shop and carrying coffees that like people may have never seen before um and it's just given so much back to us in ways that i never expected mm-hmm. um brought people into our lives that that mean so much to us now that I did not know existed in Gainesville um, and kind of reinvigorated my love for Gainesville um, 
and certainly like the small town coffee shop vibe, even though Gainesville is bigger than I feel like the name small town gives it credit mm. for, but you know, not Atlanta. Yeah. Um, how is it? How is it? I don't think you're going to say it's bad. What is it like having, I mean, you you it's a very family business. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously you guys you guys are just all involved including Summer's dad, right? Yeah. yeah. He's around as well. So yeah. I, I mean, I I've, I've always been interested in that because we you know, Rachel was our assistant for a, a moment, but like we haven't really Yeah, I received an email from Rachel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh what's what's that like? It's there's there's no one I would rather run it with. Uh, and I, I think, you know, my, my okay. reference, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Space. nobody. Okay. <laughs> Don't even think about it. Uh, no, you know, when, when you break it down at the end of the day, like having, uh, your, like having summer, she also makes so many of the decisions that I just like truly don't have mm. the, the brain space for, and not like, not like I don't have time to think about that, but like thinking about it in my head, all of the, all of it gets so jumbled that I'm like, I just need someone to bounce it off of. And who better than your spouse, your rock, like everything that, Mm -hmm. that I need is, um, there. And it's, it's been incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's also no one who would rather see you succeed more than your spouse. Uh, and so that's always very encouraging. It's Mm -hmm. been really fun to have her in there. Um, that's always been a part of the dream is having it be us running it mm-hmm. um and then also having summer's dad uh in there behind the bar sometimes is is very fun he he was really quick to say that we when we first opened he was in there a good bit and then we got our outdoor tables outside and i was putting them on the schedule well summer was putting them on the schedule summer makes the schedules mm-hmm. uh and he was like you know i i noticed i'm on there but I think I just want to sit outside. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so he's in there on days when it's like when we really need a knight in shining armor. There was one where I uh, was setting up a card event for 150 people, at like seven in the morning. With Paul Judy? Uh, it wasn't with Paul Judy, but man, what a juggernaut! Paul Judy, <laughs> PJ, call him out. Come on. Uh, but it was... Um, Don't get any ideas, JP. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Oh, the ideas are already had. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, I was setting up the card event, and the person who was supposed to be opening that morning missed their alarm. Ah. And we had two other people who were at max hours. And so... You're supposed to say, we missed our alarm. Like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, group, we group. missed the yeah. alarm. And, uh, and, <laughs> and so they... Uh, so Reese came in to save the day. That's oh, awesome. and, then, yeah. and to top it all off, if you want to talk about a uh, someone who can really increase company morale, we do our our little milkshakes, espresso milkshakes oh, on, yeah. on special occasions. And there is no one who can sing milkshake better than <laughs> Reese Daniel. Seriously, and there's probably no one that would sing milkshake could or would fifty times uh, in in a day span. Wow. But he will do it. Can you and sing it for us? Because I don't know the song. You don't know Milkshake? It's a very yes. vulgar song. Yeah, you just oh, like- smash the link right here. <laughs> Y'all will do that, right? <laughs> JP's editing this one. Okay. Is it the one about the yard? Uh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the yard. The, yeah, they refer yeah. to the the greenery, fencing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but no, I think when we come back to running it as as a family, it's like it's we wanted it 
to feel, even when it comes down to the size of the shop, we wanted it to feel as if you were coming into like your friend's kitchen, that you were welcomed in that way. And so uh, it makes sense. And our, our, our intention is to make it feel like an extension of our family within there. And so when, and when it does get to be us running it, feels like that dream coming to life. But, but y'all know, I mean, I feel like every time when we were coming into the cart and every time we come into the shop, I feel like we see y'all's spouses there, y'all's wives there. Yeah, they're and around. Y'all also know that it, like none of this would be possible, whether they're like on payroll or not, Oof. if it wasn't for that support. Thanks, Joe, yeah, bro. For sure. Do you guys talk about the business a good bit at home? Uh, a, a fair amount. Mm-hmm. I still haven't found a way to, to really separate, like, you know, when, when we're at the cafe, we're doing all that stuff, but then you come home and it's all of the behind the scenes stuff that has to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, so y'all so, do some admin work at home. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Still like Christmas Eve, I, it was a Sunday, so I was locking in some payroll, mm-hmm. you know, mm. dude, I um, mean, if you enjoy it, you know, it, Never work it a day in your life. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I that I just look at it that way. When, when people talk about work-life balance, or sometimes when people are like, "How are you prioritizing rest lately?" I'm like, I know all that is amazing and like oh, necessary, yeah, yeah. and there's seasons for it. But also, I've just sometimes my response is, I, "I'm really enjoying working lately." So I just like, I want to work a yeah. lot. Obviously, I want to spend time with my family. Obviously, I want to spend time with my son, but. If you know, if you guys want to talk about work all the time and you like it, then uh, yeah. there's no obviously no fault and, in it. And I think for for us, it's a lot more like like we talk about it often. We work on it when we can. But like when we when I come home from the shop, like if I work a full day on bar and come home from from the shop, hmm. it's like that first couple of hours until bedtime is is going to be like just full on family attention. Like yeah. that's just how it is. And then once they go to bed might run over to the shop and finish up something that I knew needed to be done uh, or sit down at the computer and hop on Valor's website, order some coffee, uh, you know, those kind of things. But it oh certainly God. like <laughs> comes into, comes into your mind of like, like our conversations about uh, work in the shop and what should be coming down the line and what we should be ready for, like kind of ebb and flow through our conversation. Mm. Yeah. For me, just figuring out how to, balance like compartmentalization and then also like connection too because i'm sure um you can relate to like metal arc is just so much of your life so when you're connecting with your wife and you want to share and talk and process so much of it just like can be work related and it's like how much do i just talk about work because i'm trying to like connect with my wife oh, yeah. and like be honest with her about yeah what I'm thinking about right? versus like how do sometimes I'm like, I just need to stop thinking about yeah. this work thing yeah. and focus on her yeah. and connect with her. Um, Cause I think for the longest time I would, I would just do like a hard cut. It's like, if I'm home, I'm just like, I can't think yeah. about it. I don't even want to talk about it. But then I realized I don't have that much to talk about if she wants to know yeah. what's going on in my life because because you just work. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm like I can tell you about frisbee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and all the inner dynamics of uh, my ultimate frisbee buddies. But it's just like so much of what we do. So how to like share with your wife too is yeah. uh, it's interesting because it will just be like heavily work related yeah. for me. 
And we're also coming out of like our first full year yeah. of a shop. So I, I think the, the realistic side of it is like, I, I think that it will take up a, like a lot of my headspace for a while. Um, certainly less than it did when we were like two months in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when we're kind of the ones running it, we still have a lot of decisions to make, but it's also fun. Like I feel like summer and I are somewhat in like constant conversation. And so it's, it's very fun where it can ebb and flow and like we can hop from shop stuff to not pretty quickly. Not that that's like, not that no one else can, but I think for me, coffee has been such a part of my life for so long that, Probably before the shop, I was always talking about coffee anyways. Now we just have a shop to reference when we talk about it. Mm. Mm. That kind of leads to a question I have for you on what do you think is harder? Oh, So in your experience to work for a coffee company um, but and you're working for someone, but you have this very like singular focus of just being a barista. And it's like, this is what I do um, behind the counter every day, five days a week. Or uh, owning your own place and being behind the bar, but also having like a million things to think about. Where do you, like when it comes to specifically operating behind the bar, is it harder? Which one is harder for you? It's like you call the shots versus not calling the shots. But when you call the shots, you have a lot more responsibility and yeah. mental capacity or like mental load. Yeah. yeah. I think for, for me, I always loved being behind the bar, but it was a lot more of like a, I don't know it, when, when that's your focus, you can feel a little more carefree about what happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think they both come with their trials and tribulations where it's like there, there are times where working behind the bar for someone who is making all the decisions for you, can feel like uh, isolating and very trapped. And I think like I see y'all do so much to combat that mindset and Mm. certainly more and more we're, we're trying to make sure that everyone has like knows that they have a voice within what's happening, but it's, it's definitely uh, can, can feel isolating when you're just like steaming milk and pouring like all day, just 10 hours in a small space. Mm. Um, but I, I think that there, there's a lot more for for us. There's a lot more reward uh, when it comes to like like enjoyment and fulfillment when it comes to like curating a space and stewarding a space for for other people. Um, but it's certainly like it's definitely a give and take uh, of which would be harder. And on any given day, like there was one time. I don't I don't know if y'all feel this as well, but there was one time where I was like, everything's great. Like this is the shop is cruising. We're happy. And then I got the text of, uh, that the wall was pouring out hot water. The wall. Yeah. The wall just, and I was like, what, what does that mean? So I like ran over there and, and (laughs) like straight out from the bottom of a wall was just a, like a full waterfall of hot water. What and was so going there, on? There, Let me in. there are times where you look at that and you're like, like it would be so much easier if all I had to worry about was making coffee, you know, mm-hmm. yep. and, and not have some of those things that just, just happen. Like it's no one's fault. It's inevitable. It just, it just something is like wear and tear just happens or the same with 
with payroll on Christmas Eve where you're looking at it, you're like, I would rather be baking Santa's cookies right now mm. as a good elf, but mm-hmm. got to gotta run some payroll. Um, well, hey, at least we have the insane amount of dollars to back it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, to, to, when they were installing our wall, um, someone who was nailing it nailed a nail through the PVC pipe. And over the time of the shop being open, as hot water ran through and the pipe expanded and then hot water was not actively running Mm. through it, contracted over time, but just worked itself out, popped out. So I was standing there with like hot water running over my hand thinking like, what is happening? (laughs) And then it, it like finally connected in the like panic, like, well, it's hot water, so it has to be coming from the tank. So I shut off the tank and it stopped and then we got plumber in there in a couple hours and they fixed it. But, put a know. nail back in there. Yeah, yeah, just I just shot as many as I could <laughs> until it stopped. Nail. Yeah, um, yeah. What What do y'all think? As as you know, former baristas grinding it out. What's more difficult? Oh, it's definitely more difficult to own a business. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but it's like higher highs and lower lows. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So like, Big time. it's you know, it's just like renting or owning a house. So like, we rented for a long time and then we bought a house. And we fixed it up and we invested a lot of money into it. And we bought it right before the market like went way up. So we sold it and like walked away with more cash than we like quote deserved. Right. Because the market just did the work for us. Yeah. And we also did renovations. But it's like we also had to deal with the stress of like our hot w- water heater going out. Yeah. And we had tenants such as this guy. Uh in for our a pain in the neck. <laughs> yeah. They were really loud. I kept, yes. I kept putting nails in PVC pipes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. someone's got to do it. No, that actually happened. Like when we were renovating that bathroom or that uh, kitchen down there, like, you know, we just, my my uh, father-in-law just like, you know, did the same exact thing. Yeah. And it's like water's pouring everywhere. And the you can have one of two thoughts. One is I am fully responsible for this and my bank account. The other thought is, oh, the landlord will take care of it. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing with running a business. Yeah. Like you... It's all on you, man. Yeah. And like, so there's lower lows, but there's higher highs. Yeah. And uh, that's that's what I would say. And mm. it's it starting a business isn't for everyone. No. And there's a reason why not everyone starts a business or should start a business because the world needs people to not start businesses for the world to work. Yeah. So it's okay. It's not better or worse. Um, but I've enjoyed it. What about you guys? One thing I was thinking about is like when it comes to specifically being behind the bar, there's some higher highs and lower lows to it being your own place because my head can be so many different places than the bar. Yeah. If I'm like covering a shift specifically, yeah. I'm like, I shouldn't be here right now. But it's like the people that are coming in deserve the best. Yeah. They deserve my best. And when I am failing to give that to them, it like eats me up. So that's tough. But, um, I mean, yeah, and then also if when you're working, it, I guess a lot of it depends on where you're working, right? Because we yeah. would hope that if you work at Metalark or Valor, you can feel purpose, you can feel like you're being appreciated and rewarded, but that's usually the biggest low of just being a barista is that you're not valued, you're not appreciated, yeah. and you're like, why am I doing this? Right. And I have felt that when yeah. I worked other places. I'm like, why Same. am I doing this? 
thankfully, a lot of times it was while we were playing Valorant. I'm like, oh man, once yeah. I get out of here, mm-hmm. it's gonna be it's awesome. over for those folks. It's <laughs> over. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's there's a little bit of both to it, but yeah. Looking back, it's all. I think it's really helpful to be able to reflect, though, because we do have people that were in that position with us now who are yeah. thinking about their own things, thinking right. about their own passions, and like how to keep them excited to be here and keep right. them like stewarding what they're doing well because it will translate to their benefit whenever they move on. Yeah, you know, which is awesome. It's yeah. it's super fun. Wouldn't wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, same. Right. Do you have any thoughts? I haven't worked behind the bar in years. No, like past. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot harder <laughs> to, to juggle the administrative tasks. That's that's for sure. Um, not saying it's not hard to be behind the bar every day because I know that's hard and taxing as well. It's hard just on a, the legs. Hard, it is yeah. hard on the legs. Hard on the legs. I'm bar shift. I'm like, my legs hurt. Yeah. My dogs are barking. My yeah. dogs are barking. And, and I think that that's where we, you know, kind of bring it back and think, like, how can we make, like, we all know what it, it's like to have been there. Like, how do we make sure that, like, these people who are now in that position doing it don't feel, like, as run dry? Mm-hmm. Uh, how can we make that experience better? But there are definitely times where, especially in the beginning, it's like, I needed to order matcha for a six-hour period, and I just couldn't even send an email because it was like I was on bar. And there are those times like what you're talking about where it's like I know that I need to like connect with the people that are coming in here, but all I can think about is if I don't send this email to order matcha, then we're going to run out, and the next day's conversation is going to be like, sorry, sorry, we're out the whole day. And that that can sometimes, like the scarcity Mm -hmm. mindset for me can can really – freak me out where I'm like, what's going to happen if I don't send this email? And in all reality, it would be fine. Mm-hmm. But when you when you get those blindfolds up, it can be pretty uh, intense for me. One thing that's super different about our shops is that we've used the same coffee Thanks, bud. on espresso since the day Valor was, we started roasting, I guess. Free throw. Free throw. It's the same, same order. Same green. order. <laughs> uh, but you guys use so many different coffees. What is it like getting coffee in from all over the world and not only you knowing how to make it taste good, but getting your staff and team excited and like skilled yeah, to make it taste good and explain it to everyone that comes in? Yeah, our... It's definitely a, a part of the dream to get to uh, carry so many roasters, and it's really, really fun for us. Um, definitely like to get to work with and highlight the people who are our favorites mm-hmm. um, and showcase something that like someone might never have seen. Like I know for, for us, process was one where it was like I'd seen so much about process, and I felt like a kid at a candy store going into a shop and finally seeing it on a shelf that I could – buy and taste Mm. um and so that excitement is something that will like continues every time we get to bring in a new roaster whether it's someone that we have a relationship with prior or someone that just sent some samples and we were excited about um but it's it's definitely been very fun i think there are times where it like would certainly we definitely have like more stock on the shelves than i think we probably should because we order 
you know, from a couple different roasters and mm-hmm. they all like specifically right after the new year, everyone got back to roasting around the same time. And then I had like, like six roasters full orders come in on the same day. I was like, what are we going to do here? <laughs> like, like, I don't know how we're going to move through all of this coffee. Um, but I, I think like when, when you feel like you're truly set on fire and come alive in respect to something, uh, then it like, it shows through every single facet of it. And for us, a, lo- a lot of that is working with the people we love and drinking great coffee. And so that really, I feel like for our baristas as well, they are, I mean, they do an incredible job. Uh, and I know like I get feedback from friends or like, even when you're not in here, like I've never had a bad recommendation. And, like wow. all of them were able to come in and talk about something and, and y'all know what it's like with when you're working with people, you can, you can convey as much information as words can carry, mm. but when it's not received or when there's like that second portion of communication where the listening is not, not there, like it can very quickly fall off and not matter. And I'm really proud of our team for being able to like carry that and be, even if they don't know every single tasting note on every single bag can at least come in and say, you liked this last time. I think you would love this, or I'm excited about this coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think they just do a really stellar job when it comes to comes to understanding what's on our bar. And there are definitely times where I, th- I think there's there's one roaster that we I continually bring in that I really love. And I go through this like little four month uh, four month progression where I they send out a wholesale list. I hop on. I'm like, all of that sounds great. Give me all of it. And then it comes in, and it is like still my favorite, but lighter than most people would ever consider anything above tea. And uh, and then I get to sit on all that coffee and think, well, how are we going to do this in a way <laughs> that makes people excited to come in here and drink and makes mm-hmm. our baristas excited to serve? And again, I do that once every four months. And so you do cuppings. So we do cuppings. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of the – when we come in um, – it came in as a as a the first third wave shop. Like education was a huge portion of that for us. Yeah. And I know how many times like cupping alongside people made a difference for me uh, in pallet training. Did y'all ever go to the counterculture cuppings? Mm-hmm. It was the first time we hung out. For real? For real. Oh, that's adorable. I know. And second time you hung out was at a metal art cupping? Oh, it had to be. It had to be. Mm. <laughs> uh, uh, just the education portion of like, hey, here here is why it tastes different here is what it's like to taste this like very light roast compared to something like even if it's the same farm but Mm. developed more in the roasting phase uh any of those things it's just exciting um and yeah again i'm really proud that our our team can like accentuate that when it comes to explaining it to people Mm. um and yeah again I, i think it's just really fun to get to maybe see something in person that you've never seen before um and then get to try it. It's exciting. So a lot of the people that listen to this are thinking about or are starting coffee companies. Yeah. Whether that be a cart or a coffee shop or a roastery or whatever it is. So I can in your journey of working in coffee, you know, at Brash. Did you work any, anywhere else besides Brash? Not behind the bar. Well, Jittery Joe's in Athens. Come on, uh, Yeah, you, you know. Um, and then in, at Brash. And then I moved out from behind the bar for Bellwood doing wholesale. Right. Yeah. Okay. But 
So at what point did you know for sure you wanted to start your own coffee shop in your career? Yeah, I, th- I think it became, it was always a part of the dream to get to have a shop. Uh, since I was a kid going to Land of a Thousand Hills, you know? Yeah. It's like, even though I didn't really love coffee, it was like, this feels right. Mm. Uh, and then when when I was at Brash, it became more apparent that, like, like how you could do it. And I still, it's funny, like, now thinking back on that and thinking, like, I had no idea what it would take to actually run one. Uh, but you, you think about it and you get set on fire by something. And for, for me, it was like, oh, I... Brash was such a small team that we were able to see a lot of the inner workings. And it was like, oh, this dream could become a reality. And I know like what it would take. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so it was pretty early on that I was like, I think on my exit interview from Brash, they were like, what What do you want to be doing in five years? You know, and the answer was start a shop. And it was like almost five years to the day cool. uh, that that we were opening the shop, even though every day wasn't a step towards having a shop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I, I would say it was pretty early on in my brash career that it was like, like, oh, this I would love to do this, and this is how it would happen. Um, so you're you're working at Brash. You're looking forward to like I'm gonna have JP coffee one day. JP you know, coffee, whatever that. Yeah, and then I see these. What? How old were y'all? Seventeen coming in there playing in the car. Twelve. Yeah, it was <laughs> y'all were yeah, twelve. My mommy brought me there. Yeah. <laughs> no, we were probably yeah. 18, 17, 17, around there. But you were looking forward to like, I will start my own thing one day or I want to. Yeah. What are some of the things that are similar to what your vision was at that point? At, you know, at whatever point of your coffee career you had that vision. And what are some of the things that were very different from what you thought your future shop would be? Yeah, that's a really good question. Let me think about that one. Great job, Ross. Yeah, really teeing it up. Come on now. (laughs) Not for him. You'll get some. Let's go. Um, I'll give you one. You. Okay, I appreciate hey. it. Um, I, th- <laughs> I think you. that what I res- really respected about those early days at Brash was that there was like, there was no compromise when it came to quality, uh, and and if if the owners didn't think that it could be done well within the fi- confines of the Brash space, then it wasn't going to be done, and I really respected that. And I think that that's something that I still like to carry over for us, where it's like just not really compromising when it comes to what can be done in the best way possible, even if it doesn't make total sense for like a bottom line or whatever that even looks like. Um, and I think for for me, when it comes to what is different that we would carry over, that's a really tough one. I think so much of what I loved about Brash was feeling that uh, that like carefree nature. Um, it was just like, and especially I was absolutely the lowest on the totem pole uh, starting there, and uh, and when we come into like working alongside all these people it was like there's just so much to learn they all operated on this like like crazy high level where Mm -hmm. um almost nothing really had to be conveyed and it just happened and Mm -hmm. i think uh the difference that i that i feel now is 
being the one to set the pace. And I think that feels different. Something that, that Summer and I talk frequently about is like the role of a, a like an inspirational leader mm-hmm. and a disciplinarian manager. Mm-hmm. And those can like feel so conflicting to me. Uh, and there's a time and place for both. Uh, yeah. And not that I necessarily feel that we had like a inspirational leader at the time. Um, when we were at Brash, but I think I think that feeling of understanding a difference is is big for me in understanding how to run a shop. Yeah, what's what's like the number one thing or two things that come to mind uh, for what you would tell someone who wants to start a coffee shop in the next two years, three years? Um, I would I would say that a a big thing is like ask as many questions from your peers as possible. I know like y'all were so helpful to us when we were starting, even down to like handing over your handbook and being like, this is what this looks like. Um, Talking about going like when we were at the cart and, and all of that feedback from people who you respect uh, can carry you so far. Um, I know y'all talked in, in a podcast before about starting a coffee shop with no, coffee experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that it would be helpful to have a uh, coffee experience, but I, th- I think like more than anything, like leaning on the people you respect and your peers and understanding mm-hmm. what that process can look like asking a thousand and one questions until you understand it. And then really setting out your, the second thing would be setting out like your values and your points that you won't compromise on. And how do you build your shop around that, um, mm-hmm. letting that lead the way as opposed to like, yeah, I'm going to have a, a linea in here and we're going to make coffee. Totally. <laughs> you know, what do y'all think? Things we would tell people starting. Yeah. I would definitely agree with everything you just said for sure. I just to expand one of the things you said about asking questions, I think it, uh, you have to have those relationships in the first place yeah, to be true. able to ask the question. <clears throat> and I would say that's not universally true. I think there are some people that will just give you an hour of their time, even yeah. if you don't have this like storied relationship with them. Right. But be a connector, put yourself yeah. out there, yeah. and start to make, like, be, be vulnerable, humble, and act dumb if you have to. Yeah. And just be like, I don't know anything tell me anything yeah mm. and like chew the meat spit out the bones yeah and but but before you like i guess the 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 quality of the questions you can ask and the quality of the advice you might get is probably going to be graded by how good that relationship is yeah cuz the more you know someone i mean the more you're going to connect to them yeah. so um having those connections i think i think would be a good place to start. Yeah. It's always so important to have a relationship with someone who's a step ahead of you, you know? Yeah. And that is, I think we're, we have by no means climbed a very tall ladder or anything, but it does like the pool of people gets smaller, the more like you do something. So it's like, if you want to start a coffee shop that you have this pool, of everyone who's ever started a coffee shop, yeah. you can find one person. But then if you get into it and you're like, I want to start, a roaster, like I want to start a roastery, that pool might be smaller. And then you like find someone there and then you're like, okay, I want to like expand my wholesale business. I've got to find someone who's expanded the wholesale business until you like 
reach a point where you, you have to like really go out of your way to like seek those relationships, but yeah. it couldn't be like more important. It's, yeah. it's so important to do that. I know for when, like when I was looking at, when we were looking at spaces, um, like Charles and Joel at Bellwood, like ran down, I, I got a lead on a space and I called them. I was like, what, like, what does this look like? And straight up front, they were like, we would have to make this amount of money a month to feel like we could stop sweating, like to even make, make ends meet. So here's like, here's a ballpark for you. It's like, mm-hmm. well, where do you get that money? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and they were like, here's this and here's how they were structured. And then when we found the space that was our size and calling up Andrew Beaton at Tuesdays and being like, at Tuesday and being like, what, like, what is it like being in a space this small? Like, what does that feel like? Because mm. if like, is it, and he gave really incredible feedback. And then one day I pulled a shift with him and we literally pulled out the tape measure and mm. measured his space. Like, and then calling y'all and talking about, I mean, I feel like I spent countless hours on the phone with you through Aww. the cart stuff, um, through opening the shop, through like the handbook, through what it, carrying over values, all of those things that, and, and really like, like y'all are saying, having the people around you who want to see you succeed. And that comes from relationship building, but definitely like when it comes through for all of those, there were so many times where I was like, I literally don't know. And then even calling my brother when it came to some, my brothers in finance, calling him being like, so I know the amount I need. This was when we were going to buy a building. I know the amount I need. How do I sit down and say that number without feeling like, like a complete dud? Being you mean like, like for the build out? Yeah, How much yeah you need? for the build out. For you know, at the time we were looking at purchasing a gas station and it would have been like close to a million. Sitting down with someone and, and saying that number and being like, and you should give it to me. <laughs> it's like such a like such a joke. It's like how do you open that conversation without mm. feeling like a joke? You know? Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah. So just leaning on people is is huge. Definitely. I think you said it at the um, at our panel discussion. The where uh, if you want to go go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. And that's mm. like been huge for who we are as a coffee shop. Mm. Um, being surrounded by people who are doing it better than you is a great, great place to start. Mm-hmm. Come on, that's good. Is there any other things top of mind that you would like to know from other coffee shop owners, or that you wish was more out there? We ask because we're trying to gather this data ourselves. Oh yeah, yeah. We want to put out a survey to people. Um, any questions that are top of dome? I, th- I think for for me, we have a pretty open conversation about about these things. Um, and so I'm really fortunate that we have like y'all to bounce ideas off of. Um, so I think it kind of goes back to that. I, I think where, where I get stalled is I know like what's in my wheelhouse, you know, and you kind of start with what you're comfortable with. And then when you're looking at like, like incorporating a food program, something that I have no background in, Mm. like, like, what does it look like when you want to expand into that? Like, y'all have done so well with y'all's food program. Um, mm. uh, and I think, like, when, we're, when you're walking down some of those paths, it's like when, for us, it's not so much of a, of a money thing as much as it is, like, not so much that we want to increase our bottom line, but increase what we're able to offer the people who choose to spend their time with us. Yeah. Um, and I think when we're looking at that, it's like, 
what does any of that look like? And are there tiers to where like, yeah, you can start a coffee program and this can be your expected like margin. Mm -hmm. And then you could open a coffee and food program. This could be your expected margin Mm. Uh, and things like that. And like how to tier, like what do you want out of this and what are the avenues to get there? I love that. It's it's it'll it's a uh, sorry I can't talk anonymous survey too. Okay, yeah. So it'd be cool to see how specific people get with like these are my margins yeah. for food. Yeah, I know that we we don't care about withholding any of that information. Yeah. Heck, we'll say it right now. Yeah, but uh, I'm not scared. But uh, it'll be cool to to see people's answer to that. It's a good question. Mm. Yeah, we've been going for a while. I think we've got to review this coffee really quick and then wrap. Wrap. You don't want to do the two spicy things? No. Two spicy things. What two spicy things? You're doing hot ones? Pay. <laughs> oh. And staff uh, pool to cover shifts. Oh, that's that's funny. Yeah. We were gonna He totally hasn't heard that idea yet. No, no, no. We gotta get everybody in a group text, all the staff and be like, uh, a reward for covering a shift in either store. Yeah. Cross training. I mean, that would be, I know there are definitely times where I, I could use that. And also, I don't know if, if Paul mentioned, but the other day Paul came for a little uh, little coffee time mm-hmm. and we got like four orders of like 10 and above drinks in a row. <laughs> Whoa. Yo. Good timing. Bro. Yeah. Great timing. And, uh, and Paul scrubbed in. It's amazing. Yeah. It was, thank it you, was Paul. wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. And I, I think some of those, those, uh, times obviously we're talking about shift covering and not not just like hey go to this shop and just wait around for them to need you (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, for a day um that's how i felt when we were roasting at peach sometimes there is like like maybe two times while we were there where they just got like slammed and they'd be like can one of you guys please steam some milk really quick yeah yeah i was like i know how to do that it's kind of fun yeah Yeah. all right let's review this coffee no way oh no way oh coffee thank you peter thanks peter thank you peter and Jake and Jake, Jake who yes. we do not know. We don't know Jake. But What's the relationship you. to Peter? Frankly, we don't know Peter. Okay, well, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, long time listener, commenter. I think he. One time, I was like, "Scream out of your window that you're listening to the Valor Coffee Podcast." He did. He did it. Stuff like that. Yeah. I he, wonder if we've gotten into into any heated conversations in the comments. Okay, he's defended us before. He gets our okay, back in true. the comments. Okay, cool. Someone was like, as opposed to me. Yeah, Throws you're to the wolves. You're the devil's <laughs> avocado out there in the comments. Yeah, yeah. One time, someone was like, "This is clickbait." He's like, "It's not clickbait." And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "There's chapter markers." <laughs> are, like, are we talking about uh, what do we think we're talking about with the clickbait one? No, no. Okay. different one. That one was super awesome, though. Yeah, it was a movie. Uh, okay, diving into the coffee. Sorry. All right, so for content, we have their name slash logo. We have the name of the coffee, which is Prelude. We taste. Fun. And then we have the notes. What are the notes? Cocoa. Okay. Is that cocoa or cacao? That's cocoa. Okay. Pomegranate. Need your cheaters. Caramel. Origin. 80%. Colombia, Nariño. 20%. Kenya, Kiambu. Kiambu. Roasted on. Handwritten. 1-9. Come on. Net weight. 10 ounces slash 283 grams. Specialty coffee. Roasted in Greeley, Colorado. 80631. And then the zip code, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then noeocoffee.com. So we got a white bag, we've got a label, a nice label. 
Well printed. It's a matte. Yeah. It's more of a matte satin. Yeah. Eggshell. Yeah. It's it's yeah. satin. <laughs> Eggshell. So content. We're gonna rate this one out of ten. You know how this works, JP. I know how this works. Yep. yep. All right. One, two, three, seven. seven. What did you say? I said eight. It's Whoa. it's conveying the content. You like it did a Mission it did a great job. It's I feel like that's his five is mission accomplished. It's just like hey, but nothing spicy. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. But hey, no, we're I'm mean, this is fine. I'm sticking with mine regardless I, what you I say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm very respect. pro zip code. You said what? <laughs> I said seven. What did you say? Seven. Seven. Okay, so it's like seven. Seven, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the reason I said five, it's just we, we've been in the same situation as. As no AO, we yep. have a white bag with a label. You got to do what you got got to do. Yeah, you can't squeeze it all. No, you can't squeeze it all. But I, I really like. I think. I think for if I had to justify to you guys why I gave an eight, I think like everything <laughs> that then I you have to. Uh, need to know is here. And I think like just like y'all are saying, okay, we all know what it's like to to like want to roll out bags from a coffee roaster and be like, I can't. Like I need white bags and a sticker. Yep. This yep. does both of those in a way that doesn't look like slapped a sticker on a white bag. Can I ask you a question real quick? Do you see MASL on this sticker? What do you oh, mean everything so you need, yeah, bro? Yeah. Come on, get out well, of here. I'm not going to buy it if it's sub 25000 That's what I'm saying, it, so bro. This is in the class. It's like Everest they have MASL and they tell like what the Columbia is and what the Kenya is. Wow. I yeah, on a deep. blend. I mean, that's why I'm at the seven. All, All right. right. Aesthetic out of ten. One, two, three, seven. Six. You said what now? I said six. Six, I said six, 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 seven. Okay. Uh, 6.25. We don't do that. Just six and a half. Okay, six and a half. I love the purple. Me too. Mm-hmm. It's I'm great. a big purple That's guy. That's a savior. I like the way that that like, kind of creamy gray blends with it. Mm. I think once again, it's just you're at the point where you're not going to get the high score because of the people who have gone before you, like Freed Hats and mm-hmm. Onyx mm-hmm. and other cool packaging. Yeah, with like the bougie, bougie packaging. But you're you're doing the best with what you got. Yeah. And doing it well. Yeah. Doing it very well. My suggestion would be take a page out of Proud Mary's book and just go big on that label because it's strong and it could just it could just be bigger. Totally. Yeah. But there's something about it being small too. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, UX, Ethan, how was, how was the rip? I mean, I, I, I knew yeah. where the zipper was. <laughs> uh, it said zipper, so that was a huge win for me. Um, yeah, I mean, standard ops, bro. Standard four. Would you rather four have five. the one-way valve and the zipper on the other side or the label? Aesthetically, I want the one-way valve on the other side. I'm sure they thought about, like, we want someone to pick up the bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and think smell it. Also, aesthetically, if they could find bags that didn't say zipper. Sure. Because I understand, but yeah. it's a pretty... Unless you want to roll out like a zipper blend, then that could be blend. like some really good continuity to it. <laughs> this is the zipper. Mm. Pick up a new bag of the zipper. <laughs> name, name your company uh, zipper. So logo. W- would you all in there. prefer to have it on this side? I think so. Yeah. I, I would. Yep. Personally, that's how, that's how we did it whenever we had white we, bags. Because we value the countertop Un, untouched look, mm-hmm. you know, or if this had the yeah. label open or not. Value. Val- look at how crazy Val-view. it looks on this side. I know. Someone, someone zipped into that. Yeah. All right. Flavor out of 10. The, okay. So, you know, flavor versus enjoyability. I always get ahead of myself, but okay. This is yes. more like objective 
Like 10 is the best coffee you've ever had. Okay. And zero is like... On Swill. The, yeah. Swill. <laughs> Trough juice. One, two, three, six. Six. What did you say? Seven. Seven? I did say eight. Six. Eight? Okay, so we'll, we'll go seven. Sure. Whatever. Yeah, it was very good. It was awesome. Yeah. This is my kind of coffee, like a mm-hmm. Colombia and a Kenya blend. Yeah. yeah. 80-20? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Well, I, I, I really like what is conveyed with the Colombia. Colombian coffees are wonderful. But the just highlighting a little bit of that Colombian acidity with a Kenya coming through was Come was on. really nice for me. Yeah. I said this off air, but it reminds me of our winter blend page turner, which uh, to me, we've been using it on uh, the cart events that we've oh, been cool, doing yeah. just because we had a, we had some extra over here. So we've been throwing on espresso. Yeah. It's kind of too expensive for like a house espresso, yeah. but maybe not for you though. Cause you, you rock some pretty expensive <laughs> coffees, but anyways, you can um, do anything. Yeah. it's like a chocolatey Kenyan and I love Kenyan yeah. espresso. But yeah. a chocolatey Kenyan espresso makes it a little bit more yeah. daily. Enjoyability out of 10. One, two, three, nine. nine. Ten. Did you say nine? I said eight. Eight? I said we said nine. Okay. You enjoyed oh, this man. coffee like more than any coffee you've ever had. This is well, the best coffee. I, it's ever not had. like that. It's like utmost enjoyability. Yeah. You know? I I, think, I will say if we had this on our shelves, I would point a lot of like I I can confidently point people to free throw. Uh, like anyone's gonna enjoy that coffee. Yeah, so I feel about prelude. Prelude. JP, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, JP. Crunch time. Crunch time. Oh, this is my favorite. Give thing. us eight Colombian beans and two <laughs> Kenyan <laughs> beans. This guy looks puffy. Puffy. I think I do. I'm gonna have. give this pea berry. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. It's all out on YouTube. That that happened. I definitely got one of the Kenyas. <laughs> okay. Same. Out of five. One, two, three. 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 What'd you say? Five. five. We're, we're crunchy. <laughs> we're, we're brutal on the crunch. How crunchy was it? <laughs> had something that crunchy in a minute. Why did we give it a three? We all gave it a three. It was, just, it was so hard. Well, a five crunch is like this. The way that this crunch tasted was exactly how the coffee tasted. Oh, so we're not talking crunch factor. We're talking about what the what the bean itself tastes like. Well, you could also kind of throw in, like, did that hurt? <laughs> you know, because sometimes that happens. Is that it, how you got the mouth thing? Yeah, I just ripped my mouth <laughs> right open. It's wild. Oh, Never put a 10-ounce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just got greedy. 37. That's, That's one our of our score. higher scoring. <laughs> <laughs> well, just free throw again. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah, that we... like the podcast I was just listening to. <laughs> that makes sense. We taste so many good coffees, and this is one of those good coffees Come that on. we've tasted. Yeah, yeah, it really was enjoyable. Yeah, Thank I you, agree. Peter and Jake. Yeah, it's a pleasure to finally taste your coffee, Peter Dude, and Jake. Dude, JP, your relationship means so much to me. Y'all's, me too. Y'all's due to your me. relationship with us yeah. and with me. <laughs> yeah. Stay out uh, of this, guys. And I was thinking about the the phrase of like the the people who you spend the most time around, like the average. What what's the same? The five people that you spend the most time around are like you're the average. Pretty of much that. you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I, you're not in my top five, just time wise. You never will be. But like, <laughs> <laughs> and unless you change a few things, I don't think you ever will be. Um, just because our our circles don't cross that much. Right. But like, I I want to be like you. Thank you're you awesome, for that. That's and your business inspires me. And the way you run it is, it's inspiring and it makes me different. It makes me think differently and I really enjoy it. Um, And coming to the cafe, you know, with the fam and we just totally destroy it with our kids and make it a lot louder. Uh, It, it is such a life enriching thing to me and it's such a great breath of fresh air from Mm. Valor world as much as I love it. Um, Yeah. Because it, it's it's different from Valor, and I love that. So thank you. thank you for doing what you do, and thank you for being on the program. I love y'all, and I uh, we would not be where we are if it wasn't for y'all. That's the truth. Dang right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you forget it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the thing where it's like, uh, like if you were to call the like your people and be like, hey, you didn't make my top eight this year? <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, no. But I think you'd be in my top eight. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah, say eight, five. JP. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. That's five. true. But hey, you honestly, your uh, level of care and service towards us when we were so young starting Valor, I think really showed us what the ceiling of hospitality can be in specialty coffee. Thank you. Oh, dude, we got to tell them about the pay bands. Pay oh, bands. Just real yeah, quick. Yeah. So we're not going to get in the specs, but okay. at the all staff, we're like, we want to be able to reward people for like, time and growth and excellence and we were like who is this like top top like how can you get to the top basically and we said if jp was like i want to start picking up shifts at valor it'd be like okay (laughs) you you're you'll start at the top you know oh very so you're you're the way that you operate behind the bar with speed <clears throat> precision but empathy and care and connection i mean it's just it's unmatched dude it's that means so much coming from y'all because i feel like y'all really push those uh all of those points uh higher for everyone in the industry so thank you for saying that i've got a That's picture really of you in our orientation now oh for real You're like this could be <laughs> <you>. well, we <laughs> might <laughs> now i have to parse through what was the truth and what was a lie oh, oh, there's a lot of lies told <laughs> you yeah, rethink everything we're kind of like exist to push like misinformation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what yeah, we do. Instagram, yeah. So. What we yeah, do. shots don't die. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for being on, dude. I love y'all so much. Love you, I love man. you. Love you. In love with you. <laughs> Amen.